Hello and welcome back to season seven of Flop Stars, the podcast where we celebrate albums that are close to our hearts but didn't shoot up the charts. Today we have a Flop Stars legend, one of my absolute favourites. She's just released an album, so we are going to be reacting to it pretty fast off the bat, faster than we usually do given our last album was a 90s record by Madonna. So fast forwarding to 2023, that feels good by Jesse Ware. Hello, Nick. How are you? This feels good. This feels right to be doing. <laughs> I'm really good. I feel like I've been a whole in a whole other world with this record. I feel like I've been in a world of opulence, of 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 sex, wow. of debauchery. Oh my god. Oh, what a weekend. I felt like a whole other person sitting in the world of this album over the last uh, sort of not even a week so far. Um and I can I know, tell it's you, it's only been a couple of days. Yeah, and it that feels, feels good. good. It feels good. You got. You I got to play to Begin Again on Thursday night, um, DJing in New York City, and it sounded beautiful. It's so perfect. I mean, you did this event called Spaghetti Disco, and it's sort of the the fits and the whole vibe of it. Having been at the first ever Spaghetti Disco, um, this song, this song, and parts of this album actually just feel like that experience of just a slightly more, you know, a slightly more upper elevated height, dance elevated, experience. That's yes, it. yes, it's an elevated disco Extended party. Extended spine. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it I, was I'm actually not... I realized very mimicked from the music video for Kylie and Jesse Ware's "Kiss of Life." Um, which they <laughs> like are in a restaurant. It's quite campy, and I realized that vibe was quite similar. But yes, this feels good. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? I want you to really lead the charge um, here because this is your girly. This is your artist. Um, yeah. Where do we even start with this? Well, I've spent quite the week with Jessie where I feel like she's been living in my house, to be honest, because <laughs> I've been listening to this record. I've listened to interviews. And then this morning I was listening to her podcast with her mum where they had Danny Minogue on, um, where she did leak that she's coming to Australia for a certain festival, which she this. also named. Yeah. Um, yes. So she will be in Australia soon, which is exciting. She's also doing New York and Europe. But... Um, yeah, she's back. I think What's Your Pleasure was also a record that we rapid reacted to as well. Mm. Um, so she's quite a favourite of the podcast, Jesse. It's hard to know where to start from this record, but let's start here. The song that she says inspired this record is Remember Where You Are off the last album. So Remember Where You Are was the closer. It was also one of Barack Obama's favourite songs of 2020. Um so Barrack inspired That Feels Good in many ways. <laughs> but basically she was, wasn't sure whether to put that song on What's Your Pleasure because she felt like it was the start of a new chapter. And I, I'm actually glad she put it on that record because it does feel like it was beginning something new, mm. which actually starts on this album with Begin Again, which I feel is like the cousin to Remember Where You Are. Yep. But basically it's just What's Your Pleasure Maximized. It's cheekier, it's funkier, it's more grandiose, it's more elegant, um, it's poppier. Just everything feels like it's like, mm, wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. It feels. It feels like... Uh, it, and I think I keep talking about this whole world thing. And I think albums that transport me into a different universe feel like that. And 
the music that we've had from Jesse to date, to me, has felt like a great companion to the world that we live in, whereas this feels mm-hmm. like a world unto its own. And I really love that yeah. about it. Um, and, you know, it, it goes into more wild moments on something like Freak Me Now and then more sort of gentle moments on something like Hello Love. And I think the whole, it feels like a, an elevated human experience. And I just love yeah. the way that, I love the way that love and decadence and sex are so elevated on this and discussed so openly and freely um, and celebrated as well. The whole thing yeah. feels like a celebration of an elevated life. And it's a, a really beautiful thing to experience. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It feels definitely like it's reaching for something that's far away from Earth, which I guess is pleasure sh- pleasure seeking in a nutshell. Yeah. And what's actually hit me is I think that I looked back on What's Your Pleasure as being quite an escapist record but listening back to it, there's actually like quite a melancholy that runs through that yeah. album. And you've got moments like Adore You and The Kill, just like really kind of intimate, insular moments. Whereas that's completely gone on this album. That This album is escapist in the biggest way possible, you know? Yeah. Like everything that was horny on What's Your Pleasure, which was mainly just the title track, it's hornier here. Like everything... <laughs> That was shooting for a huge chorus on What's Your Pleasure. The choruses are bigger here. Yep. Like, and the thing that I love is What's Your Pleasure was made for her to have fun with. She felt like it was going to be her last record. Whereas That Feels Good is made with this like really boisterous confidence to her that she hasn't had at any other part point in her career. And it's actually not a record that I feel like you could have made in the early part of your career because Mm. the confidence that's there is just so rooted in like experiencing life and figuring out what you like. And we actually talked about it a bit with Ray of Light, Madonna as well, that I feel like there's just certain elements and certain things that happen within your life, whether it be like marriage or parenthood or finding a partner or going through something tragic that just kind of installs you with something that you can't give at other points in your life, if you get what I mean. Yeah, 100%. I, I think there is something to be said about the the stage of life that she's in at the moment. And I think that's been present through the podcast and present through her sort of moving through mm-hmm. life with a little bit more sophistication and confidence and knowing who she is and who she's not, most importantly. And I think, you know, yeah. the whole idea that she nearly didn't want to do do this do some work with Stuart Price because she was worried about egos and she wanted to stay in her world yeah. and and her people. Um, I think probably speaks to that. You know, I, I feel like when you look at Jessie and all the incredible press that she's done over the last little while for this album as well, this feels like someone who has really just you know she was always very self assured, but now it feels so unabashed and you don't. I don't want to cross her, you know, she, she knows exactly yeah. who she is and the music sounds yeah, like that as well. You can't tell her this is shit. She'd be like, no, it's not. It's objectively not. And she would not. say that a hundred percent believing it. <laughs> it's objectively not shit. It's objectively perfect. And yeah, it feels like a summation of, you know, when you've been through, been through heart, heartache and heartbreak and tragedy, you know, you come out looking at life with a slightly more, 
rosy lens sometimes. You know, you can sort of go two ways. You can start looking at everything as misery or you can start looking at, you know, the joys of life and things that work and and go right as incredible. And this is what that feels like. It feels like that celebration of of the stuff that goes right and, and makes you feel good. Well, think about the records that came out in 2020 during the pandemic that we were kind of labelling as being escapist. Chromatica, Future Nostalgia, What's Your Pleasure being the three big ones. And then you think we've all come through that period and we've come out on the other side and 2023 feels like the first year that we're finally getting music that's like post-pandemic music, like proper eras with songs that have been written outside of the pandemic. And you think of like Renaissance um, and you think of Lizzo's record and now you think of that feels good and you're like, actually, that music was only escapist because we were trying to make it escapist because we wanted some escape. This feels like on a next level of joy. And it is because everybody's collectively gone through something really hard. It's like, you know what? I just want to have the most fun that I can have right now. And these records are just capturing that. And it's so fun to hear. There's just such a like energy to this album that just feels like a bounding puppy almost. Like from the minute (laughs) that feels good starts, you know, it just really doesn't stop. And obviously there's two slow moments in Hello Love and Lightning, but even Hello Love feels like there's an optimism and there's a sunshine to it. Like everything just feels, I mean, I feel like Jesse keeps saying this in interviews and I keep saying it about the record too, but it feels good. It does. (laughs) It does. And something like Hello Love and its position on the album, I feel came at the perfect time where I was sort of being taken away and swirled and, and sort of carried by four buff men on like a, you, you know, like that, <laughs> on a, on a stretcher yes. up into heaven. In the middle of like a per, an oyster. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like. And it feels like there is be- money is not an object. And then you come into something like hello love. And it feels like this warm hug to remind you that there's still like love and warmth in that space as well. And then it sort of yeah. you know, it starts to get a bit freaky again. Um, a few, a couple of songs later. And I, just think it feels it I, I keep saying this as well like it feel it feels like a heightened whole life it doesn't shy away from the requirement for warmth and love from your people yeah. and, and as much self-love as there is in this album and self-determination and self-awareness there is also a, an agreement of the need for love and the need for other people to validate you as well whether it be yeah. sexually or 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 sort of you know from a, a more platonic perspective um, you know, That's it doesn't shy away really from that. It just feels heightened. Point, I feel like, yeah, I, I really like that point because I was thinking about it and like, sometimes these big dance records can kind of feel like they're so rooted in the club that the, the rest of the world is kind of shut out, which is fine. There's a place for that kind of music, but there's a real humanity to this album that you're like touching on, which is that it feels like. It feels like connection. It feels like people around and it feels like the real world so much as like large and as ridiculous as it gets at some times. And it does get real ridiculous at some times. There's this real humanity to it. That's quite touching. And I feel like that comes through the most in hello love when she's just like, hello love all dressed up 
what you're doing around here, I didn't expect to see you. And it's just like such a simple lyric, but it just like melts me inside. It just feels like reconnecting with somebody. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. Um, it does feel like that. It feels like connection is is so here throughout it as well. A kind of grace that is quite lost once by the time it gets to um, shake the bottle when... She says <laughs> Eddie was a romantic, but he never, ever paid. Matthew was a classic, just like his pickup truck. Mm. <laughs> he still lives with his mother, but he sure could. Ooh. <laughs> but that song in itself feels, you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, she's talking about the, you know, wine and dine me with, you know, good champagne or I can't remember exactly what the lyric is. But there's something like that. It's still got that decadence yeah. to it while she's talking about all these sort of very basic men that have been... <laughs> you know, around her orbit. Um, Did that shock you to hear those verses? Yeah. <laughs> from her? Yeah. Because I, the first time I heard it, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of this, you know, and I think the other thing that we have to talk about is the fact there's a lot of humour in this album as well. You a know? Lot, yeah. It, it feels as grand and sort of self assured and confident as it feels a lot of it is wrapped up in fun and and funny and i think i think you know freak me now and shake the bottle are objectively very funny songs as well and it's a humor it's that sort of dry um that dry confident british humor that jesse has always had you know actually permeating the music now and i i really really like that i really like to hear that yeah yeah i really like it as well her music it's, this is something I always speak about with um, Lewis Capaldi and I spoke about with Sam Smith back in the day too. Both of them are so charismatic in real life and so likeable that often it never comes through in the music. And it's a similar thing with Jessie. Like her first, I love all of her records, but in interviews, she is so warm and obviously she does so many of them because everybody falls in love with her who does an interview with her. But mm. the first three records are devoid of that kind of, that kind of humor and that kind of larrikinness that she has to her. And it, it feels fun to f- hear her finally find a way to express that within music, similar to what Sam's done recently with his, with their past two records. A hundred percent. I just found out, I just found a quote, what she said about shake the bottle um, yeah. and you'll just love it. You'll love it word for word. This is my, this is almost my cabaret song. It's highly camp and it's me as a madame and it's just really fun. It was like, how far can we push this innuendo? It feels more like a performance piece. I really hope all my queens that lip sync like this because I think I made it for lip syncers. I'm in awe of the performance and I so respect drag and the creativity and the confidence. I feel so loved and cherished by a beautiful community and they're always in my mind, particularly because we have so much fun together. I feel very lucky to have an incredibly strong following from the LGBTQ community. They've made me a better performer. So she's literally like... Wow. I love that line about how far can we push this this um innuendo because it's yeah. so true. It just gets it just gets squeezed for all it is. Well, I feel like love. that's something that um finding a queer audience does for you. Like we've seen it with Charlie, we've seen it with Carly Rae Jepsen, we've seen the confidence that ins- it instills in you to do stuff that's a little bit more outrageous, you know. And Jesse yeah. like has been so like vocally thrilled to have found this new audience for her and I think they've just taken her shows to another level and pushed her to be like naughtier and wilder 
which I think is just such a nice thing to find, particularly when you're in your late thirties with three kids. Yeah, exactly. I want to, I think it's, it's quite important to talk about the sort of age component here because 38 is a funny one in pop music, isn't it? Because you're not old objectively, but you're older than the pop girlies, I suppose. And yeah. I, I think there's, there's, probably a a self-awareness of that and and of what traditional, you know, young female pop music has always looked like. And I think for Jessie, she's really kind of lent into the fact she is 38 and she knows a little bit more than those who are in their sort of mid-late 20s and that she's got a bit more life experience on her and really brings that forward. This kind of does feel like the ultimate kind of late 30s album because it feels like I, I always see people in their like sort of, you know, late 30s, early 40s, who are just starting to realise that there is a finality to life and you don't feel, you don't feel old. Oh my God, that sounds so dire. No, I, I'll show, I'll, I, I'll explain it more. You're 38, you, not 79. No, I'm just, listen to me. You realise, you re, I think you realise probably from your late 30s onwards that life is finite and you yeah. then realise how important it is to not sweat the small stuff and not give a shit about the things that bring you down when they don't actually matter. And I think this God, probably comes from lie. having kids as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's something that I think in your late 20s and early 30s you aspire to and then you kind of get to your late 30s and yeah, shit still happens, but you've got enough perspective to go, it doesn't really matter. And you also start seeking out the finer things in life. And I always admire these people yeah. in their like late 40s, early 50s who like travel as much as they can and go to nice restaurants as much as they can. And I feel like that starts in your late 30s and I feel like she's there and I love that for her. Well, I think also using music as as an escape from the life of having three kids, which is not glamorous at all, I would imagine, Not, not anything like this album, but the idea of going to the studio and hanging out with like frickin' Stuart Price, who's been responsible for some of the greatest pop records yeah. of this millennium, to be able to do that and then go and pick up your kids, like it is an escape, which is probably why it does feel so escapist, because it literally is. And like... She said she's not going home and having wild sex with her husband, but, like, (laughs) why not pretend? Like, if you're going to put on this theatre, why not pretend? Well, that's the thing. And now, like, after reading that quote about um, Shake the Bottle, you know, you do realise how theatrical this whole thing is and how much of a performance it is. And, you know, the, the way I talk about that heightened human experience, it doesn't necessarily mean she's living that day in, day out. It just means this is an encapsulation of that feeling and of that feeling that you sometimes get and turning that into a world of its own. Yeah. I think that's a really special thing to capture. I think literally what you've just said is encapsulated in the first verse of Beautiful People where she sings, I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, what I am, am I doing on this planet? God damn. Might as well impress myself. I'll buy a purple leather jacket. I want it. Oh. I've got to have it. <laughs> Yes, and you do have to have it. <laughs> Obviously, there's um some financials involved here, and we're <laughs> not attainable for everybody. But nah. um, you should have that purple jacket if you want. That's what it's if all you about. want it, go get it. Yeah, <laughs> that that kind of opulence to this album is the most entertaining factor about it, and yep. I think maybe as you said, you see it with all kind of performers. I mean, to think that Madonna was well into her 40s by the time she gave us Confessions on a Dance Floor. 
Mm. Um, Beyonce into her 40s when she gives us Renaissance. Like, though Donna Summer, like, giving us some of her best material in her 40s. Like, Tina Turner. Tina Turner. You do reach a time where you're like, fuck it. And I think the fuck it mentality creates the best music. Always. Yeah. I think our fuck it mentality creates the best podcast too. (laughs) Like when I can't be bothered and I just turn up and I give a shit. me every day because we record at 7am my time. (laughs) Hey, I did it once and I loved it. True. I didn't. (laughs) You know what I discovered? And people might recognise this. Mm. It was the Ray of Light episode we did earlier. Yeah. My voice sounds different in the morning than it does at in the afternoon. Do you think it sounds better? No, it sounds worse. <laughs> I think I did notice that as well. But you, here's the thing. 7am record for Sam. He's been for a run. He's been up for a while. He's been getting the, getting everything moving. 7am record for me. Alarm is 6.45. Two minute shower. Is it really? In the car. No, it's about six. <laughs> You know what I've found recently? I can't get myself ready in less than an hour now. Yeah, that has to be able to. When I worked, like in my teens and late twenties, I'd be up out of the house within five minutes. Yeah, I still, I still do that because I like I'm on the air here at nine. I get in at eight fifty-five. I leave bed some. I'm much better these days of getting up early, but some mornings if I'm just not feeling it, eight thirty up. Shower, out by 8.35, breakfast, maybe even make coffee before I leave, in the car at 8.45. I'm only like three minutes from my work as well, in the door with five minutes to go on there. I have to uh, scroll and inst- hate scroll on Instagram for half an hour before I leave bed. <laughs> well, that Loser. all happens before I leave bed. <laughs> Failure. <Yeah>. Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Just instill myself with a bit of confidence to start the day. <laughs> Wrong about scissor. Wrong. <laughs> All of the idiot. Wrong bad taste. Idiot. Um, <laughs> Jessie Ware, love her. Keep scrolling. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Should we play a song game? Please. Would love to. Flop stars. This will be a fun one because it's Battle of the Disco Revivalists. Slay. So I'm putting songs from this album uh, appropriately against songs by artists who have kind of rejuvenated the disco theme in the last couple of years. Wow! It's going to be a big one. The first one is Free Yourself, the first single from this record. Yep. Versus Cuff It by Beyonce, her longest running chart hit now. You would put these two songs together, wouldn't you? I would. Make life difficult for me. Um, you know, had a long time to sit with both, I suppose, a longer time than some of the other tracks on the album that we'll talk about. Um, it's so hard because Cuff It, when I first I heard no Cuff It, I'm going to go with this one. I'm trying to work out where I'm going to go with this one. If I don't know, you don't know, obviously. Um, Cuff It, when I heard the album in full, Cuff It didn't stand out to me initially. Really? I always thought Virgo's Groove was going to be the song that did what Cuff It ended up doing. I just thought it was much more... Yeah, classic radio hits. Yeah. Six and a half minutes. But what I'm learning is... <laughs> I knew it was going to have to get a try. It was going to have to have a nice little chop done to it. <laughs> but I, I thought Sonic. Apparently it has had a nice little chop done to it on Radio oh, 1. Mm. 
Oh, is it on Radio 1? Yeah. Oh. Currently on the C list, which means oh, it'll never be a hit. Yeah, two, two rotations a day. Um, yeah, because I thought I just thought Virgo's Groove had it all, and I thought the hook was really strong. The more I've sat with Cuffer, the more classic it sounds, though, and yeah. the more I admire the unapologetic nature of that song, and I think it, it feels spacey and otherworldly at points, and yeah, I think it's a, I think it's, it's become a very special part of Beyonce's discography, um, but I can't, I can't negate. Free yourself, base. I don't know. I think I'm just going to have to go with... I'm just going to go Beyonce. I'm just going to go Beyonce, but this has caused deep stress to me and I'm going to age a <laughs> I'm year. I'm sorry. Today. I've aged well, you into your 40s, just literally. as you asked. 38. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> yeah, this is hard. I remember hearing Free... This is opulence. Um, mm, I remember hearing yeah. Free Yourself for the first time. I. It was on my honeymoon. I was lying out on the Greek islands, on like one of those infinity pools that looks out all over the fricking whatever that water is. Um, and f- she just performed Free Yourself at Glastonbury. And I remember playing that clip when the horns kind of come in just before the final chorus and it's like, dun, 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 dun. if you get what I mean. Yeah, um, and then she's like, "Come on, Glastonbury!" And I was like, chills all over. I was like, "Oh my god, this song oh. is incredible!" And obviously, I'd had about five, fifteen white wines, and um, was <laughs> warm and feeling quite good, <laughs> nice and fuzzy. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, um, on an Italian train, not quite as opulent, I heard Cuffet. Um, and I remember getting the same feeling from it as well. And just thinking like, God, this is going to be an amazing summer. It already had been an amazing summer, but we were coming back to New York and I thought it's going to be an an even more amazing summer. Where I'm going with this is I have no idea how to decide. I've seen her perform Free Yourself Live and it's incredible. It's like the real highlight of the show now. Um, but Cuffet has just been like the sound of the summer and the winter and the spring and everything here. So I just can't, it's a, it's a Titan for me. So I've got to go with Cuffet. Dang. Very well spoken. Very well It's a long winded way of saying I agree with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You wrap it up in as much metaphor as possible. No, I really, um, I really see that and... I want to talk about the Italian train for a second. Did you go on one of those rickety ones? The really fucking shoddy rickety situations that I no, ended up catching No, it was quite t- nice. Did I tell you about my Italian train experience? No. So I flew to. in for your wedding. So Sam, for anyone who doesn't know, Sam got married in Italy last year to our silent producer, Bianca. Um, <laughs> and it was in this beautiful part of Italy called Puglia. And beforehand I sort of had a couple of days. I flew into London, had a day in London with my brother. Then I was like, cool, I'm going to do like a few days of exploring before we go to to Puglia. And I flew to Italy, my first time in Italy, my first time in a non-English speaking country, actually. Really? (laughs) Oh no, I went to France for like four days with Grace once. That's it. I mean, arc on a Saturday night, it's like being in a non-English speaking country, (laughs) everyone's speaking in tongues. (laughs) Gibberish. Um... So I flew into I flew into Naples Airport and then got this bus thing from Naples Airport to 
the train station at Naples where my plan was to catch the train to Sorrento where I had accommodation booked that night. It's only about an hour and a half on the train. Yeah. I spent five hours walking around the Naples train station, going to the little machines and then typing in Sorrento. And it was like 200 euro to catch the train to Sorrento. And the next one available was like three days away. So I was so lost and dazed and confused. I'm Googling how to get to Sorrento. And everyone's like, catch the train. Just go there and catch the train. It's easy. I spent five hours walking around. I tried to book a taxi that was going to cost me 150 euro because at least it would happen today. And then I managed to book a bus for about 40 euro. I was like, what the fuck? Why is it so difficult to get an hour and a half away? And then I realized there was another level of the train station. And I walked (laughs) down there and there's a train that goes to Sorrento from Naples every 10 minutes and it costs about two euro. (laughs) So I've spent five hours in this fucking shithole walking around going sketchy, sketchy units everywhere and then i realized i could have been in sorrento five hours ago and it was the most it was but the train itself was the most rickety hot it was like 37 degrees i had no idea how i got there but i did get there and it but felt you good. did it yeah i did it it felt the good. trains can be fucking awful yeah <laughs> it's beautiful country the most incredible country. The most incredible. Interesting train network. Back uh, right to on. opulence. Back to opulence. Next, that, next battle. Next battle is begin again. Versus the loneliest time by Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, an album we've done on this. Right. Okay. So this is hard because so begin again. I feel like is one of the most sort of big loud tracks on the album and that yeah. chorus is so it sort of feels like it's never going to end at points and there's so many voices on it and I love that about it um the loneliest time though just felt like a new ch- a new chapter for Carly it felt like a new world that she'd found herself in that was sort of bringing together that glistening disco that she had always you know sort of driven forward um, and Rufus Wainwright <laughs> brought them together. <laughs> I really, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of a standout on the record. Um, it's really hard. I feel like I'm, I feel like the loneliest time feels like more of a moment. Okay. Just, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Carly, which feels weird that I haven't, I'm obsessed with this album and haven't gone for one track on it so far. These are hard matchups. They are t- hard Titans, as you say. Yeah. I feel like Begin Again is in the top three songs that she's ever made. I just feel like it feels like theatrical, but also really warm. And to me, it feels like that moment when you're coming home from the clubs and the sun is rising and it feels like the start of a new day, but it also feels like the end of the best night ever, Um, which is just such a cool feeling to capture in a song that's, as grandiose as Begin Again is. Yeah. The loneliest time I also love, but to me it just feels a little bit maybe limper, if that's the word, than Begin Again. Um, so based on like a battle of strength, if these two were human beings, Begin Again and The Loneliest Time, I feel like Begin Again would win um, in a boxing match. So I'm going to go with Begin Again. <laughs> I love the boxing match anatomy, not anatomy. What am I talking anatomy. about? Metaphor. <laughs> All right, <laughs> calm down. 
Um, let's do the next one. What's the next pairing? Pearls. I can't see it on the sheet in front of me. <clears throat> the next one's pearls. Versus uh, levitating by Julie. Oh, Jesus Christ. So levitating, I said this before. Sorry. No, you go. No, you go. You go. I was just going to say two songs that share a co-writer in Sarah Hudson, I'm pretty sure. Yes, Sarah Hudson. There you go. They have something to do with each other. Um, I know I did What was that? I don't know. Just make out with the microphone. Jesse's got you so fucking horny. You're about to shove the microphone in your face. Jesus, at least wait until I'm off the call. (laughs) Let's put this episode. This this can be our first YouTube episode. This one, everyone can see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh, so when I first heard Future Nostalgia, Levitating, I I chose Levitating as the single. Um, That was my choice personally and solely. You My chose choice. it. You texted I, I made up said a, that's the one. Yep. I made up a, da- I made up a dance to it. it. Obviously, it was very early in COVID and my mind was going into a new dimension. You didn't, did you? I did. Um, how did it go? Oh, I got you, moonlight, you're my starlight. I need Isn't you. Isn't that just the TikTok dance? Before it was the TikTok dance, I fucking did it. Oh, I'm not even... This is not, a, this is not an exaggeration. I, I put it on Instagram... Instagram wasn't doing reels and stuff at that point, and I wasn't really trying. I was just sort of being an idiot. Oh. It was a great. I did really. I was really impressed with it. I was like, oh, I'm doing like moonlight. I'm doing my arms in the air. Doing <laughs> sparkle hands for starlight. I'm a genius. Um, <laughs> but I think this song always evoked something in me, and yeah. But pearls also evoked something in me. Um, oh, Seb, I'm fighting this really fucking hard. It is hard. Some of my best matchups yet. I know. Ah! I think I'm going to go levitating. Oh. I know. Right. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. Don't worry. I'll revi- I'll I will hopefully with the fourth one redeem it for Jesse. What about you? I don't love either of these songs. Okay. I and it, I think it's a distinct mood that both of them share that I don't like and I can't put my finger on it. And it's not because they're bad. It's definitely just a personal taste thing. And I've come around to um to levitating at certain points and I've definitely had fun to it. A bit of Dua Lipa and DaBaby. Um, but... Little ball, baby, Dua Lipa and dance when I come up. <laughs> Does it feel then... so, like, naughty to listen to that version now? I'm like... <laughs> Yep. Okay. Give myself Forbidden. one to baby remix today. Forbidden fruits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as you were. <laughs> to baby and Jesse wear pearls remix incoming. <laughs> <laughs> um, where I don't even know where I was going with this. Um, yeah. So neither of them my kind of cup of tea, but I will say that I think that. Pearls is more my cup of tea than levitating. So I'm going to go with yep. Pearls. Yeah. Pearls is in the um the trailer for the new and just like that season. I did I know. Which yeah. just feels feels very Jesse. Feels so right. That feels show? So yeah. right. <laughs> did you watch it? This, yeah, I did watch it. I was I watching anything wait. that had come to me at that time. Oh, seriously, anything anything was a reprieve at that point. Yeah. When is season 2? 
When's it starting? Sometime this know? year. The tracks around New York. I'm re- oh, it's like it's next week. I think. Oh wow. No. I don't know. Hang on. Where is it? Oh, no, no, it's we not don't. bloody Rotten Tomatoes, the podcast. Cut this out. Cut this out. I don't know. <laughs> Final um, Shake the bottle. Versus Kiss Me More by Doja Cat. Shake and, the bottle. Scissor. Shake the bottle. Kiss Me More is a good song. Straight off. Yeah, that's an easy one. Kiss, the, Kiss <laughs> Me More is a, the, one of the most straightforward, good pop songs of the decade. Yeah. But Shake the Bottle is a, an entire world unto its own. It's its it's its That's own true. it's its own place. You know, I've already kind of expressed my thoughts on that song. Um and I, I just love how daring it is and ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna be Shake the yeah. Bottle for me. Okay. I, I echo it, your sentiments about Shake the Bottle, but I'm going with Kiss Me More because yep. of said perfection that you said. And I don't think we need to elaborate uh, much more on that one because we are running out of time. So (laughs) let's go. Um, On the charts, nothing's charted, but it is heading for number two in the UK, which would be her highest chart entry of her career. Which Which is is crazy to me because she feels like one of the most beloved Radio 2 pop stars in the UK. I know. She's a cultural sensation. Um, What's blocking her from number one? I actually don't know what's blocking her from number one. Let me look. Midweek. It'll be in the UK. UK it's always some bloody British band that's been around for 57 the years. Rock, the Raytons like, or something called like the that. Mandarin Smashers or I something. I think Noel Gallagher's album comes out this week. It might be that. Um, Enter Shikari. Pardon? Enter Shikari is who she's, she's fighting for it. I have no oh. idea who that is. Oh, no, it's also the lottery winners. Who? So, are Enter Shikari currently number one? Yeah, I think so. So, the midweeks... No, no. Oh, oh okay. God, I don't know. Apparently, the midweeks are looking like a battle between the lottery winners... Oh, yeah, you're right. Lee, uh, indie rock natives, the lottery winners. The lottery... They're the most awful words you've ever said. Indie rock natives. Um, the lottery winners. The lottery winners. They've collaborated with Boy George on the record. Good on them. Um, and a band called Nines as well. Oh I no, an Nines art, sorry, he's a rapper. rapper. He's yeah. a rapper named Nines. Yeah, I do and, know Nines. And Jesse Ware. They're currently the top three in the UK. Heading, heading for the, the UK is the end of the week. You know my thoughts on that fat. country. I know. Um, <laughs> great people though. Uh, Not great. <laughs> the critics. The critics are. Obsessed with this album. They're loving yeah. it. Pitchfork cool. gave it an 8.3, called it sumptuous. The Guardian gave it a 5 out of 5. Um, Rolling Stone said it's brighter and funkier than its predecessor, full of big brass and grooves that amplify the feeling of joy. All which correct. Is kind of wraps up what we've been saying about it and it actually yep. wraps up what Jessie has been saying about it. Um, because she said to Rolling Stone, I knew that I wanted to make a more live, energetic record that nodded to Talking Heads, ESG and B-52s, but didn't turn my back on What's Your Pleasure because I was excited by the reaction of it. I just didn't want to replicate it. And I think the Talking Heads reference is 
is good to incorporate because it does kind of feel like Donna Summer collaborating with the talking heads at points. That's really Particularly true. Particularly in some of the more like choir um, vocal packed moments. Well, and a lot of talking heads music was that whole idea of being in another world and it yeah. being its own kind of place. Um, did you also see the interviewer who suggested that the album reminded him of um, a, a song by Countess Luann? From 2010. I did see that. <laughs> that was a personal favourite of mine. <laughs> there is something so nostalgic about um, Freak Me Now. That yeah, feels yeah. like a very niche particular time of the early 2000s. And I can't put my finger on it. It's like, I keep going to like Girls Aloud or like... Um, it's housier like than that gro- though. D-Light, like Groove is in the Heart kind yeah, of Yeah, that's it. Vibe, yeah. It's and that, the fact that she's recreated that with Stuart Price is quite incredible. Like, the vibes on that song are so good. It it does stick out like a sore thumb, though, doesn't it? Like, it is such a... It feels way more modern than the rest of the record, It sure. really sounds, like, quite far away from the rest of it. And it sort of is the only song that takes me out of that world a little bit. But I like it. I, really? I, I think it's... Yeah, I it doesn't... kind of like the jolt between Shake the Bottle and Freak Me Now. It maybe to me feels like i don't know maybe it just feels like a mdma trip <laughs> like a, a brief mdma euphoria moment i think that might be what it is it, it can still sit maybe in that it world is. it's like going to west side story and popping a pill and then yeah. before you know it you're in a club somewhere on broadway <laughs> that's exactly it um yeah like the, i'm not i'm it's one of my favorite songs on the on the album and i think it possibly is like you know, going to be a house, a piece of house music canon eventually. Like it just, I want to play that in every DJ set. Like it just sounds so incredible. Yeah, it definitely stands by itself. It's maybe a little more free yourself, like paired with that than the begin agains of the album. Absolutely. Speaking of, she said that she loves musicals. She wanted to be theatrical. Um, As you know, I fucking hate musicals. Did I tell you about where we ended up on my birthday? No. A place called Marie's Crisis Cafe, which is known for having a man or a woman sit around a piano and everybody sits around the piano and they all sing together, but they're all show tunes. So when I went, I didn't recognize any of the songs. My thought. And it's um, your birthday. And I hated it, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And I got home and told... Um, my brother and sister-in-law that we'd gone to this place and, you know, I thought that I might enjoy it if they'd given us, like, a moment from Hairspray or something I knew and I said to them that we didn't know anything, it was all obscure songs. Um, To which Bianca told me that, no, they weren't obscure songs, they were all from (laughs) Lamez. I think I know one One song from Lamez. Well, I, I surely did it because I had no idea what was going on. I want to at least give me a bit of like Mr. Mistopheles from Cats or something. You would like something Cats. Something with a bit of value to it. Cats would be um, the one musical that you know. It is the one musical. I, well, I haven't seen it, the musical. I've been to the film to watch the James Corden version. <laughs> did you go Did you go watch that? <laughs> Do we have time for a game or not? Yeah. Flop stars. All right, the game is good this week, and I'm going to have to cover my camera because it's called Ooh. That Feels Good. So I'm going to feel various objects 
around my room or where I'm recording. This is and amazing. And you have to guess what feels good. Oh I won't be explicit. God. Don't worry. Wow. Okay, um, so how is this going to work? Are you going to explain the object, explain the feeling? No, I'm going to put it up to the the microphone. Oh. And you'll hear what I'm doing. And am I guessing You're the guessing what item. the object is. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's oh, like, like the secret stuff. sound. I just didn't want to say it because then it doesn't well, sound as creative. Well, why don't I just look away and you show Okay, that's a good put idea. your camera onto the object so we can show the people. Okay. I'll look promise I'm looking away, okay? Okay. You ready? I promise. Everyone's seen my side profile. Yep, ready. Oh. That that sounds like a piece of paper. Not exactly. It's a piece of paper. Uh, is it... Oh, sounds slightly more... Is that you flicking it? So it's a piece of card. Is it a piece of card? Card. It is. It's a card. Yeah, oh, it's an it's, actual, but like a birthday it's card. It's the Joker. Oh! No, it's the Joker. Oh, classic! Incredible! Of course you'd put the Joker up there. All right, I'm looking away for item number two. Ready for I was the pretty next good one? There. Yeah, this is a really good game already. Ooh, okay. Yep. It's some sort of jewellery. But it sounds really... Oh, no, is it jewellery or keys? It sounds too heavy to just be simply jewellery. Oh, but it sounds too light to be keys. It's got to be jewellery. I'm going to go with some sort of collection of of beads and and metal. And then, like, a few necklaces. Have you got a few necklaces there? It's, it, well, technically, yeah. It's a long gold chain. Hey! Okay, well, it's Very not a few well necklaces. Done. It's a really, it's a really gritty sounding necklace. I was close. <laughs> jewelry. I should have just stuck okay. with jewelry. You ready? I'm not yep. sure if that one felt so good, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, you need to tell me whether they okay. feel good or not. This is amazing ASMR. All right, that's plastic. And, it, ooh, quite a popping and almost explosive noise. <laughs> ooh. I think that might be a really shitty plastic water bottle. Yeah, you're like, right. Yeah. It's exactly that. God, it's like a not at the secret sound. It's not a very, like, this is a, this is a, that's thick plastic there. You had really thin plastic, which is probably <laughs> much healthier for the environment. Next. Okay. Final one. This is actually the best game we've ever done. It is, isn't it? It's really strong. That's that's a note. That's a dollar bill. It's a five dollar bill, but it's right. <laughs> it's yours. I knew it was currency. Yeah, you win five up. All right, Billy that Eichner. Felt really bad, actually. That one. Yeah, I thought so. Quite papery. Is that <laughs> it? That's it. That's it. That's it. That was the best well game we've ever done. You did really well. Yeah, that was really strong. Well done. You did really well right. as well. Give me your favourite, least favourite score out of 10. Fuck, this is so hard, isn't it? Um, oh, what's my favourite? Fuck. Jesus. I don't need... Oh. I think it might be Hello Love. Oh, Okay. I know it's not the most sort of... No, actually, no. I reckon it's going to be... Oh. 
I want to say beautiful people, but there are points in beautiful people where I don't hear enough Jesse. And that puts me off saying that that's okay. the best song because it's so much, you know, there's so many other people singing on that song as well. Um, I reckon Shake the Bottle. I reckon I'm just going to keep going okay. back to that for its chaos and fun and it also still feels opulent. I reckon Free Yourself, Hello Love are probably close behind. Um, I definitely don't have a least favourite, but I could probably do without Lightning, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. I feel like this sort of gentleness that I get from that song, I get on Hello Love, and I probably, if I were cutting one song, I would get rid of Lightning, but I still love it. Okay. I just, yeah. I just think the gentleness that I get from it, I don't, I don't necessarily need. Um, I find it hard to make a score out of 10 for an album I've only had around for a week, but it's exceptional. Um, it's going to be a nine, nine and a half for me. Nine and a half. Wow. It's incredible. It's absolutely. One of the albums of the year. Um, oh, for sure. And it's rare that I, when we do the album for the podcast, oh, it's very rare that I'll then want to go back and listen to it more and more and more. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, I feel like when we do it in this sort of worky sort of, not that this is work, but when we do it in this context and I've deep dived into it so much, I sort of need to give it a rest for a little while yeah. and then come back to it. But this is one where I want to get back into it and re redig and keep going. So yeah. yeah, it's really standing out for me. Yeah. I think you're pretty much on my, the same page as me, but my favorite is begin again. Yep. Um, I just feel like that's like a real high point of her career. But I also do love Hello Love, Shake the Bottle, Freak Me Now. They're kind of my top four. Um, And then my least favourite one is probably Pearls, to be honest. I don't know what it is about that that just kind of grates me. But then um, Lightning would be my second least favourite after that. Okay. So we're kind of on the same page. And I think I would give it a 9 out of 10. I think it's, it's maybe... The album of the year right now, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. There's a few up there, but this is pretty close. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesse, for go. making us feel so in rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for doing that for us. Nothing Jessie. in the bank, but I feel like a millionaire. <laughs> and that is exactly it. That's the world we get transported to. Um, thanks for listening. If this is your first time hearing Flop Stars, we deep dive on an album pretty You're much every week. You're an idiot. We're seven seasons in and you haven't found us? Dumb. Um, <laughs> head over to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Hit us with the rating because it helps people find the podcast and share it with a friend. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>